Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right, everybody. Always welcome, welcome to the basement binge. This week, we're over with our break, and we're back at the MCU, starting off phase two with Iron Man 3. Uh, which I haven't watched in a while, so it was a fun film to watch. But I'm Harrison. I'm Kelton. And I'm Cade. And uh, this week we've got something new. We're introducing what we call our spoiler wall. So super quick, this is just where we're going to give you a recommendation about the movie, our thoughts about it. Um, completely spoiler free, whether we think you should go watch it or not, and why. So we're just each going to get a minute to talk about the film. I guess I'll go first. Um, so would I recommend this film to you? Should you go watch it? Um, no. Unless you really love Marvel films. If you like Marvel films, totally watch it. You'll love it. If you're invested in MCU, it's a great film to watch. If you're invested in Tony's arc, it's a great film to watch. But if you're just like not, like if you haven't watched the other MCU films or you're not into that, you don't like them, I don't think that you'll will like this movie. But I did because I'm invested in Tony's story and I'm invested in the MCU and, like, and I liked it. The music in this movie is a ton of fun. Um, Tony Stark is hilarious as always. Um... There's some really funny actors in this this movie that are just a ton of fun to watch. Um, and if you're kind of into the MCU, but you're not quite sure if you would like it or not, I'd say give it a try. I, I don't know if this is a spoiler. Uh, I don't want to reveal too much, but it's very different than any other Iron Man movie. It's more kind of like a spy thriller type thing than it is a, a classic superhero movie. But So, yeah, that's my recommendation. Yes, if you're in the MCU. No, if you're not, and in between maybe <laughs> <laughs> alright um, so my recommendation so I love Iron Man so much so I, I obviously enjoyed this movie because I think this movie does a really good job of helping us learn a lot more about Tony um, kind of like what Harrison said it completes his arc a lot more um, from obviously the first Iron Man all the way to Endgame a lot there's a big change and I think Iron Man 3 lays a lot of the groundwork for that. Um, I thought it was pretty dang funny. There were great, great dialogue like, throughout the entire movie. And I, I think this movie does a great job at helping us relate more to superheroes, specifically you know, Iron Man. But I think it does a great job of realizing that, yes, they're human, and maybe they have different questions and doubts that are very similar to what we have like as normal people so i would definitely recommend this movie um to anyone so there you go awesome awesome well this is your boy Cade. uh i said this recommendation a few things i want to point out this this is a fun movie to watch it's got some action it's got hilarious dialogue like kelton mentioned it's it's a action funny and I will I will point out that the rating of PG thirteen does it does live yeah it does live to that rating I will say that um, if you want if you want to have a bunch of your friends a bunch of dudes get to get down and watch this movie yeah I totally recommend I totally recommend that um, 
I'm kind of gonna sit on the other side of the fence with Harrison. Is that you know it, you can enjoy Marvel, you can enjoy the whole universe if you're just kind of looking for a if you enjoy Tony Stark, if you enjoy Iron Man, then I feel like this is you can watch this movie and you'll really you'll really enjoy it. Um, that's my recommendation. So there we go. That's a spoiler wall. We're breaking past it now. Um, jumping into our regular scheduled program. <laughs> um, just super some super quick announcements. Our Kickstarter is live. It is launched. So if you guys, we would we need your help um, getting some better audio equipment, making my editing time a lot easier, and the sounding much better. Um, you probably noticed on the last few podcasts we have some serious microphone problems, <laughs> so we can avoid that by going back in our Kickstarter. The links in the show notes. We'd greatly appreciate it. So thanks, guys. Yeah, for real. Because honestly, like. That would just make our dream come true because we totally enjoy doing this every week. But having better equipment, I think, would just be a better overall experience for everyone listening. So definitely help us out. And giving a big shout-out to my boy Andrew. This guy's hooking us up with donating on on Kickstarter. So big shout-out to you, bro. Like, you're amazing. Thanks a ton. You're really helping us out. Um, But, yeah, anyone, if you you donate, you know, we we can give you a shout-out and – um, we'd really love to reach our goal and to get some better equipment. So anything you donate would totally like totally help us out. So Yeah, so thank you, Andrew, for being our first donator. I got the email whenever you donate, I don't remember. Like I talked about before and it was like, Your project is one percent backed and I was like, What? It worked? Like people donated? It's not zero anymore. And I saw your name, Andrew. So thank you. You're our savior. Dude. Yeah, it's no longer zero <laughs> percent. So. Big thank you to you, Andrew. Um, again, like I mentioned, you know, just bring it down to earth. Like, reason why we ask for for your guys' help is that it's this is f- your chance to invest in the content that you like, that you enjoy. And so this is, you know, partly it is for us, but it's more for you and helping out and what you love to listen about. And you know, all of all you guys who've been downloading all this time, we want to say a big thank you again. We're up to a total of 416 downloads. Keep it going. And we're just glad to be a part of this whole fun little journey. Yeah, this is a blast. Oh, yeah. Okay. So there we go. We'll move into the movie here. Again, Iron Man 3. So we'll start with our two cents. Back to our regular scheduling program, starting with our two cents where we get two minutes of uninterrupted time to talk about our thoughts about the movie. And then we do a pick or poison, which our personal rating scale followed by binge points, which are fun details we notice. Least and likes is our, you know, obviously our least and likes about the movie. And lastly, we end with fall in. Always my favorite section where we talk about the meanings and get some great conversations. So we'll start with two cents here. And I will go first as soon as uh, Cade's good to go with my two minutes here. You're ready. All right, two minutes on the clock. So my thoughts about this movie, I love this movie. I, I hope that my spoiler wall didn't, make anyone think I didn't like this movie. I really enjoy this movie. I think it's hilarious. I think it's a ton of fun. The action's fun. The dialogue's good. The writing is good. The acting's great. There's so many good things to say about this movie. Um, but yeah, it's a ton of fun. It's Iron Man. Like Kelton said, that you really get some big foundation points in his arc in this movie. Um, but it's been really interesting, especially taking this break from the MCU and to go outside of the world of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Because these movies are so unique, and I don't want to say that I think they're bad. I love them. I'm a huge fan of them. I'll continue to like them probably until the day I die. But they're so different than anything else, and I think a lot of the comments that have been said about these movies is kind of opening my eyes to them. And so I went into this with a much different eye after taking a break and watching those three films. 
Um, it's getting off track here. Because personally, I wasn't like excited for this movie. Like all the other weeks, I was like, oh, oh, we're watching this movie. And like I knew what movie we were watching. I was way excited. And this week, I was like, wait, what movie are we watching? Oh, it's Iron Man 3. And I had to like remind myself. And so there wasn't that much excitement. But watching it, I'm sad I forgot. This movie's a ton of fun. <laughs> um, but it was interesting to see like how to understand how that that those criticisms that the Marvel Cinematic Universe gets, I can understand more. I don't think that they're completely wrong. But that's not anything to do with the movie. I love this movie. It was fun. The acting's a ton of fun. Kellen said it's hilarious. Um, but it's just, it, it's cool to see that Marvel is like, hey, we got the typical, like, superhero action villain story that they did with Iron Man 1 or 2 or even the Avengers. And those are great films. Um, they did very good. But I, I think this is the first step that Marvel took to try something new, that Iron Man was outside of his suit like 90% of the film, and he was just being the spy guy around, you know, mm -hmm. with his homemade gadgets. And yeah, it was, it, was awesome. it was sweet, and it was cool to see that. I really believe that this is like the first step that Marvel's like, okay, we'll try something new. Like, we got this superhero thing figured out. We'll do something <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Buzzkill, baby. Buzzkill. All right, Kate, you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. All right, here you go. So I totally agree with Harrison. This was definitely a different step in a Marvel movie because it really made the hero vulnerable. Like, throughout the entire movie, it's really stark. You know, from the get-go, he talks about how we create our own demons, and I think that does a very good job of kind of wrapping up how maybe his decisions in the past really affected his future and caused him problems. But also, we just get to see Tony struggle as he tries to protect, you know, the love of his life, Pepper, and um, also of dealing with being a superhero, the emotional toll and mental toll that it takes when you have to go out and save the world and go through these giant attacks and have your whole perspective changed. And then there's freaking aliens in space. Like, <laughs> let's be real here. It's not just like, okay, we saved the world. Let's go home. Heck yeah. But it's like, wow, you know, we just saved the world, but... I think a phrase that, that Tony said was really good is like, you ever experience something and then you just like can't get past it? I think that's totally relatable. If you go through something huge that changes your life and your perspective, it's not like you're just going to be able to move on. And we could see how Tony really struggles mentally to be able to not only move on, air quotes, from that experience, but also be able to still function and like be a superhero. And sometimes the sacrifice that it takes to be one and so i i really love this movie like i love tony stark and i think this movie really begins to take a step down him changing and um i just love everything he says when he's dealing with kids it makes me laugh so freaking hard <laughs> i love it he i, I kind of hope to be a dad like him not in the <laughs> way that like he's jerk or whatever but like just how he can connect with kids and he knows how to, the perfect amount of, oh, I'm getting super deep here. What the heck? But I, uh, uh, Frick, dude, this is hard. <laughs> oh. All right. Okay. All right, my turn. Uh, first thing I want to point out is that I, I realized that how good of a bad guy Killian was. That, like, no, he is the Mandarin. Um, he's, looking at him, it was like, I always thought, I, thought, I remembered him, of course, he was a bad guy, but I didn't remember how good how good of a bad guy he is. Because you look at Iron Man, the first one, and then you have Obadiah, and how he was like in everybody's personal space. Now he's kind of this gentleman, but he's like you can just tell that he's 
he's evil and he's just this bad guy and you just tell. But he like at face value, he's like, he's just kind of this creepy professional dude. And I, at the beginning, they kind of gave off Killian as as that, and I I always like that. I always feel like that kind of characteristic is good for a villain. But also, one thing that was really interesting was, like you guys have mentioned before, in this movie, they just focused more on Tony Stark rather than Iron Man. And people always think maybe, oh, I always, I love the suits. Because I don't remember the love the suit-ups and all that stuff, like in the second one where there's yeah. the suitcase and in, in the beginning where it's this whole montage and stuff. But they didn't disappoint because... You know, this whole movie, he's without a suit, and he's making stuff as he comes along. And then you get this suit overload of, like, 50 suits at the very end. And, like, that just satisfied my want of this, all these suits and of, like, what Tony Stark, his hobby was. And I like how in the, throughout the movie, you hear Tony Stark saying, everybody needs a hobby. And it was, it's really cool to see how he's used that hobby. And also, I think... I did. I forgot about Pepper and how she got like injected of like that weird serum or whatever. And I thought that she wasn't cured of it, and so she wasn't able to move. She I wasn't able to use any of those in the her powers in the other movies, but they they cured her, and I forgot about that. So I'm out. <laughs> so that brings us to pick your poison. All right. So for anyone who doesn't know, this is our personal rating scale on how we rate the movie, whether we would buy this movie um, whether we would rent it to watch it you know like a time or two or we would never watch it again so I'll start us off I I actually as much as I love this movie I feel like this is somewhere I would buy this to have the complete set of all the MCU you know yeah just this to have <laughs> but um, as I like I said I really love this movie but it's no, it's more of like an experience. It's not. I wouldn't say I'd love to watch this like ten more times. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good to watch, and it's been a couple years since I last saw this, but I've seen it more than once. Um, but I, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie, and I was excited to watch it. But I would probably say like this is just a rent. You know, I, I'll probably watch this a couple more times in the future, but I wouldn't say it's enough to buy. So, that's my take. I'm actually the same as Kelton. I'm, I'm a. Like I love this movie, and don't get me wrong. Don't get don't get me wrong about it. But it's there's just when it comes to a my collection of movies that I want to get and stuff. Like this is I have other movies much above this one, and I think this is movie is awesome movie to watch. But for me, like I would I would rent it, or if that you know I'd kind of if I get in the mood of like maybe I should watch this. Well, I I don't own it, so I'd maybe you know, ask a friend or like watch it with them. But for me, I have, I don't know. There's a lot of movies that I really love. I really enjoyed that. I would love to buy and watch it over and over again, like Wreck-It Ralph and um, Stranger Things and stuff like that. Those are, you know, my personal favorites. But to me, I, th- I say I'd rent this movie rather than buy. Um, I'm with you guys. I mean, I already bought this movie. We watched my copy, but I'm kind of like, if there was an option between rent and buy, that's where I would be. Like, it's not quite rent status, but it's not quite buy status. Somewhere in limbo yeah. between. Like I, like I said, I bought this film, but the only reason I bought it is when we started this podcast, I knew that we were going to watch all the MCU movies, and I didn't own this one. I was like, somehow we got to. I want to own it just to get the complete set. I'll just buy it because it was on sale. Yeah. And, like, 
But there were so many movies that like I wanted to buy before this one that like if it wasn't for the podcast, I still wouldn't own this one. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like I would have chosen to spend my money on a different movie. But it is a good movie to rewatch. Like I don't dislike it. It's a ton of fun to watch, but I think it's one of those movies that like like Iron Man 2, I love that movie. I watch that movie all the time. Or like Tron, the last episode we did. I watch that yeah. movie once a year. <laughs> this movie probably every like five years. Uh-huh. Like so it's a great movie, just not quite up there. It's like it's a it's a worthy sequel. It's not garbage like you know, Pride of the Caribbean two. <laughs> but <laughs> it's not like it's a crap sequel, but it's a solid and it's a solid sequel and it's a good movie on its own. So Okay. Alright, so we are on to our next segment. This is our binge points where we talk about references within the movie, when it, whether it be characters or little you know, snippets of, um, you could say, an Easter egg within the movie or even um, just dialogue within the movie that are references to other things in the movie or further on or movies that are kind of a callback. Um, I'll start first. Um, one of the most heartbreaking scenes for me is seeing Tony Stark's house get blown up because that house was so sick. It's such a nice house. It's on the coast. It's just gorgeous. And it just gets blown to bits. And so I looked up the price of Tony Stark's house. And get this. It's $117 million. Did they actually blow it up? Or is it like... I don't know. But I just know (laughs) the price of it. $117 million. And how how long was that scene? It was like under five minutes. Yeah. But, like, and even all the stuff he had, like, his cars, you see that freaking nice Audi off. just, like, going off piano. the cliff. Oh. But that was, that piano was probably, like, 15 grand. But, yeah, I feel you there, man. Like, that was, oh, it's hard to watch. Everyone's deep down, you're just like, freak, all of his stuff. Like, come on, God. man. You oh, watch, yeah, like, like, his suits blow up one by one. You're like, no. Every time I watch that scene, like, even in the theaters, this was, this was, like, the first memory I have of any Marvel movie in theaters is seeing this movie. And, like, during that scene, I didn't have any of, like, the emotional grip. Like, oh, no, he's in danger. Like, it was like, his stuff. <laughs> <laughs> even watching it this time, I'm like, no, like, not his stuff. <laughs> Which I think Marvel, I feel like Iron Man is one of the few superheroes where Marvel lets him like get kicked that hard. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, we definitely see. I feel like a bigger emotional side of Tony Stark than I would argue more than any other character in the MCU. I mean, um, there's, you, you could argue like Thor up by the end of um, Avengers yeah. Endgame. But, but I, 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 I'm gonna stick to my. My take on how I think Tony Stark is by far the most like emotionally invested character in the MCU. I feel like he goes through a ton every movie. I'm not saying it's like the worst. I'm sure you could argue that Thor has gone through more. But anyways, what I'm trying to say is that I think that Iron Man is really just... Because I, I think his personality is so extreme, it's easier to kind of let him show emotion. But yeah... I think this movie really, you begin to realize like how much like crap he kind of goes through. Because it shows in the beginning of the movie, like he, his progression and how we, it, he's kind of narrating his own life, but then like all the crap he did and then like kind of the karma that he has to go through. It's pretty dark or yeah. pretty, or pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. So I would agree, I would agree on you on that. Well, I mean like the, fi- whoa, this is totally off bench points, but like the film says, like you create your own demons. If anybody's creating demons, it's definitely Tony Stark. Yeah. Like, definitely. And I think it's a reference to what at the very end where it has the helmet. And he's wondering if he's gonna like, 
um, if the thing pops open, it's going to see the Mandarin's head, and he's like kind of worried he's going to see it, and it's gone. And so maybe, figuratively speaking, that point is where he defeated his demons. Yeah. That's a reference back to that first thing, the first quote that he said at the beginning of the movie. Uh, another cool bitch point I noticed was with the whole name tag. Um, in the beginning, <laughs> Tony's name tag just said, you know who I am, which is obvious. Like Everyone knows who Tony Stark is, and that's pretty cool. But the kind of reference later in the movie, one of the first times you see the Mandarin, he's talking. He, okay, the Mandarin is so freaky. Like, oh, Wait, which one? Pure, the, like, the, the, the fake one. First. The fake, the one? fake Mandarin. Trevor yeah, Trevor. Yeah, oh, dude. Yeah, yeah. Like when I watch those like short videos, they broadcast illegally on the air. Like, holy cow, that's a bad dude. Oh yeah. I mean, this is bad to say, but like, what a great villain that guy is! Like, pure evil. And I just like when he talks, I just think of like power and just like destruction. What is, what is that? Uh, propaganda. It's yeah, great propaganda. It's good propaganda. Mad respect. But at the end of one of those videos, he's like, "You know who I am, but you don't know where I am." Like. And you'll never see me coming. And you'll yeah. never see me coming. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I just thought that was a little throw to, like, Tony Stark. He's like, you know who I am. People see Tony as, like, this, you know, whatever, billionaire, whatever, playboy. But, like, the Mandarin, you know who he is, but it's completely, like, all negative. And I just thought it was a good contrast to yeah, show between cool. Iron Man and the Mandarin. So, I really like that. That's sweet. Other sweet Ben points I know is Jensen, the guy who s- helped save Tony in the cave from the very first Iron Man. He's yeah, in yeah, Switzerland or wherever that. it is, wherever yeah, he's at the beginning. In Switzerland, he's yeah. there. He's met him before, and it's, it's like, just I just I mean oh my God. that's so cool. Uh, and I wonder I want to see if like go back to the scene in, in Iron Man where if like he does he mention that they've met before? I think I think he does mention that they've met before, but he's like, of course you don't remember some something like that. If I remember, I don't remember, but. Other cool bench points. So when that opening scene where Iron Man's like having the suit fly to him and he's like putting it on. So like the mask comes and he does like the sweet superhero flip and it hits him and then he lands. So the mask hits him hard enough that it splits his lip. Oh, really? So like his face is completely clean and then the mask hits him and it shows him on the inside of his face and his lip's bleeding. And then the rest of the film, he has a split on his lip from the mask because it hit him so hard. I did not notice that detail. That is way cool. Yeah, I was like, what the? He wasn't bleeding before. (laughs) I was like, oh, That's well, true. maybe the masters hit him hard enough, but I thought that was kind of cool. But I also mentioned this earlier. This is just such a different Iron Man film, like, especially comparing it to Iron Man 1 and Iron Man 2. Like, it's all about the suit. It's all about, like, this, it's total, like, superhero classic stuff where this is so different. It's, like, a guy struggling to deal with the consequences and emotional weight of being a hero, but he is the hero. It's not the suit. Like, I love the thing at the end where he's like, I and I, I am Iron Man. It was, oh, yeah. it was never the suits. It was always him. But it's just like so fun seeing him like sleuth around with his spy gear, like when he's going to the boatyard with Rhodey and they've got their guns and it. it's just so different and so fun. Oh yeah. And I think it's cool, like whenever they tip their hat to Tony, like the first time when the kid walks in with his potato gun, oh, yeah. like the kid's like, Oh, is that Iron Man? And he's like, Well technically I am, you know, but like he built him and stuff like that. But also when the kid walks in, he he says he immediately starts talking about how the potato gun could be way better. Oh, uh-huh. It's like, oh, too long of a barrel, too wide, blah, blah, blah. Like, and then throughout the entire movie, he has these moments when you could just see how really much of a genius Tony is. Oh, yeah. When he's trying to hack into the the AIM database or whatever to look at those files of who the Mandarin is and yeah. where they are and stuff like that. And then just when he's building all those sweet little hand gadgets to like infiltrate the AIM facility. like It's totally... It's so, so creative, awesome. too. Like... 
Oh, How did yeah. you think of that? Like the ornament? Like <laughs> that was so cool. But I, I just love like just seeing it's this side of Tony that doesn't really get talked about. Yeah. You see him as Iron Man and blah blah blah, but he's really just a genius and it's fun to just see him in an environment where he thrives and he can just build really cool things. It's sweet. Uh, there's a cool bench point. So that scene, the uh, the barrel of monkey scene outside of the plane where everybody's falling, for anybody who doesn't remember. So everybody falls out of the plane and Iron Man goes and saves like 13 people and drops them in the water. That was all done practically. Like that was actual stunt people falling from a plane and linking themselves together. Obviously Iron Man wasn't flying around with them, but I just thought that was really cool that they did yeah. that for real. It, you could tell it was oh, legit yeah. too as they're whipping through the air trying to catch each other. So cool. Lots of fun. Uh, any other binge points? Um, There's know. a ton that I don't remember, but like, I did not remember how hilarious, like hilarious, uh, hilariously adult the the dialogue in this film is. Like the last time I saw it was I was so much younger, and like they just say so many different innuendos that are just hilarious. Like I didn't even catch them all, I'm sure, but they're so funny. <laughs> like the first like ten minutes of the film, I was cracking up like every two words that Tony said. Like every, <laughs> yeah. everything he said is just like hilarious. Every other phrase he said. Everything. Every other phrase, he's just so funny. But I don't remember any of them. I just remember it was hilarious. Yeah, lots of fun there. Yeah, but I, I don't have any others. Yeah. All right, I'm good. Let's move on. Okay, so now we're gonna move on to our leasts and likes. Uh, that was hard to say. So these are just things we did or did not like about the film. Favorite scenes, favorite lines, least favorite, whatever it is, just likes and dislikes. So I will start. We always start with our dislikes. Um, and this is kind of a complicated one, but um, so I kind of talked about this in my, I think my two cents is what it was. Man, it's all blurring together. But like, there's been a lot of comments about um, like the MCU and how it's not true cinema and it's like despicable I think one person called it and somebody else said it was like ruining movies there's like a lot of people in Hollywood who are talking about the MCU and how it's kind of ruining Hollywood and ruining movie making and yeah I was like really defensive of that at first and then taking a break from the Marvel movies and then coming back to it like I don't completely agree with him I don't think that they're 100% right I mean they're totally entitled to share what they think and that's great that they have a different opinion I'm just sharing mine but, like, I don't completely agree with them, but I, I understand that they're, they do have a point that I have to agree with. Like, I, I love how they made Tony so vulnerable with Pepper and also, like, the PTSD, if that's what it is, anxiety or whatever it is. I think it's PTSD. But, like, it wasn't, like, enough. It wasn't as mature as I, like, would hope to see, but it also, like, doesn't bog it down. I don't know. I, I'm still trying to form my feelings about it, but... So anyway, short thing, what I don't like about it is that like it wanted to be grown up and talk about a man who's like dealing with anxiety and PTSD and being vulnerable and protecting his wife. But like it did in some moments and other moments it was like a complete joke and it like was trying to be mature, but then like pull back and be funny. And it just like, maybe, maybe I wanted it to just be like a little more mature. Like I, I see what you're saying. That, that was way complicated. It was like the right direction, but it wasn't enough. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think it was very cool and like you could tell that they were trying to take a step in that direction but like it didn't go far enough for me. Like I, I have a lot to say about it and I really love what they did but like it could have gone further. Yeah, I think you bring up a good point. Um, so my least, I only have two in this movie. Um, but first off, I think the music wasn't that good for me. 
Oh, really? I didn't, like, usually when I'm watching a movie, there's a moment where I'm, I just get super hyped. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> like, it's just so intense and fun to watch. And I felt that when I'm watching all of, like, Iron Man suits show up. But I, I think back on it, I have no idea what song it was. I didn't get, I didn't Don't feel that like huge, like that big. you know, quick reference, Thor 3. We all know when he comes out with his lightning without his <laughs> hammer, like, the music just totally drives the point home. And good song. <laughs> yeah, like, and I feel like Iron Man 3 in this particular movie, I didn't feel like the music drove me to the emotional highs and lows that the movie wanted me to feel. I feel like it w- it should have been more intense. And I think this is where I'm kind of getting at with you, Harrison, is that they were there was a lot of good directions laid out, but I feel like I wanted them to go farther, yeah. like with the highs and the lows. And I think music is a great way to push the audience to feel that, and I don't think the music was there for me necessarily. And sure, there are some great scenes where it was there, but I feel like in some of the other ones, maybe the more emotional scenes... When either you're super hyped up for the battle or you're feeling sad because Happy's in the hospital in a coma, like I feel like the music could have played a better tool to push you to feel a certain way. Yeah, I agree with you about the music in this one. I said at the beginning that I love the music, and it's just like the Iron Man 3 song. It's like, I kind of, yeah. I just love the Iron Man 3 song. It's my favorite Iron Man one. But other than that, I agree with you that the music wasn't very good. And like, especially what you mentioned, like music when it's done right in movies. It's like a lot of the time you, wow, I'm getting way off subject here, but like, let me get dial back. You were talking about um, how it didn't help you feel the emotional, like when Pepper fell off and like everyone, like you think she dies, like granted, we know that she didn't die, but like, I wish the movie would have allowed you to feel the emotion of Tony. Like he thinks she's dead. Yeah. Like why, why didn't the movie make me think she did? Like I remember thinking like even this time knowing that she lives I was watching it was like wow there's like no emotional impact to that there's no yeah. like there's no like song that was sung out that just makes me cry like music is the strongest way to get me to feel emotion when somebody dies and like i just felt nothing whatsoever like no emotion I mean, and then tell. it moves on and it just says like killing walking up the stairs like she just died like yeah let and me it's feel like something. the first five seconds when she dies you see tony it like hits him like frick but I wish it would have translated to like rage when he fought Killian. Like, that's, and that's what holy really freak! Yeah. Just like, anything, just something. like the music to push yeah. you, and that's to connect more with how Iron Man. That, and that's what I really feel like. That's one of my. That's one of my least is that it's that Pepper's a huge character in Tony Stark's life, and then like she quote unquote dies, and you're like, you're, I'm just I, when I was watching that in the theaters, I was just shocked, and then like, like oh my gosh, she's freaking dead. Like, how the heck is she going to survive that? And then, like, he gets up, he's kind of, like, shaking, and then he like, gets up, and he's, okay, fight mode. I'm like, that's Pepper. Like, yeah, like what the heck? Like, I felt no emotion for whatsoever, and I think a big part of that is music because that affects me a lot, so I agree with you, Kellen. But also, mm-hmm. like, I was expecting him watching this. I was like, oh, he's going to stand up, and he's just going to be raging, and he's mm-hmm. going to win over Killian. And then he just, like, he just goes back to being quippy. Like, yeah, and I'm like, like what? Like in Civil War, like, when he found yeah. out he went crazy yeah, like, and but he didn't like comparing this to like, now it's like well yeah. she's dead and the, the other scene with happy when he ends up in the hospital like i didn't even like register the emotional impact that that should have had on tony i was like wait what know, like, yeah, like later he mentions to the one dude about happy oh he's talking to um, trevor slattery and he's like <laughs> i got a friend in a coma who might not wake up i was like oh that's what happened to happy like yeah there, i felt no emotional weight for happy whatsoever so I think that's a good way to describe this movie. 
it's a good movie, but it doesn't drive you to those highs and lows as well. No, and like, as the other Marvel movies or other movies in general can. Yeah, and even though highs, like I didn't feel like yeah, it was it was there, but it wasn't there. There. <laughs> to to be, be super specific, it was there, but it wasn't. There, so. <laughs> yeah. It's like the difference between like a roller coaster and then like a kid's ride. Yeah. Like they're there, it's just not as noticeable, and you could fall asleep if you want. Yeah, <laughs> but that's a little extreme. That was, but yeah. So my so to move on, my second dislike, and I can explain this pretty quick. Why the heck are Iron Man suits so freaking crappy? They're just like fragile. It's like boom, blow up. Okay, next suit. Like Her and even gone. and even his Mach forty two, you'd feel like, and it's dope. Like the idea that goes behind it, but I just feel like they're so fragile. And there's like the, oh, yeah. the entire movie. Oh, we don't have flight power. Oh, it's not battle ready yet. Or oh, I'm just gonna shut down. Or oh, and it's just like. It was harder to watch because in the other Iron Mans or Avengers, you know, Tony gets he goes through heck. Like, but thinking about it, if he went up against like Thanos with Mark for Mark Forty Two, dead. Be like flick of his finger. Yeah, blows up just like. So that was like it was weird just to see. It felt like they were so fragile, like a normal human. Well, it wasn't normal. Like those fire deeds, just like pulled the head off, like no problem. With one of his suits, and I was like, what? Oh, I agree. That so, in fight, I was like, I just like when they showed up, I was like, oh. Days wrecked. Like this, this wrecked. is gonna be like a two minute fight scene. Yeah, and, just, and they just kept getting their heads ripped off, and I was like, this should not be this easy. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, it just and felt like they were really fragile. And like compared to like the first Iron Man, where he gets shot down with a tank? with a tank, and he gets up and boom, blows up the tank and walks away. But this one, it's like it happened to Mark for too. That would be the end of Tony Stark. Yeah. But maybe they're just trying to drive the point of that it's a prototype, and they just kind of wrote on that, like, the whole movie. Yeah, I think maybe that's a way that's saying that, like, I'll get into this later in Falling, but, like, Tony was so obsessed with, like, finding new ways to protect himself that he would just, like, make something and then, like, make it exist and move on without, like, making it durable and sustainable. Yeah. yeah. And I think it made the threat bigger than it actually was because, you know, I feel like if there were 42 suits of Iron Man suit from, you know, Avengers or something... Then it's not even like a problem, like you said. The battle's over in like two minutes. No one, like all the suits are fine. They just take yeah. out the bad guys. Walk so it, it it needed a bigger threat and show that these guys actually are dangerous and they could like take out an Iron Man suit. So I think that's why they did that. But it was just it it just felt like out of sync with everything else. All the other MCU movies uh-huh. with Iron Man. So mm-hmm. that's my last dislike. Did you have another one, Kit? I didn't. So, okay, so we'll move on to likes. Um, there's a lot of things that I liked about it. I've already mentioned this a lot, but I love the uniqueness of it. Like, I really feel like Marvel was like, hey, let's try something new. We got the classic good guy, bad guy, opposition story. Let's try something new where the guy, like, is really vulnerable and, and, um, is outside of his suit for 90% of the film and has got to make his own gadgets and go infiltrate a base like a spy. Like, I mean, Winter Soldier, I think, is a way better spy flick, but, like, I could see that... And this kind of contradicts what I said in my least or what I didn't like, but like they were trying to do something more mature and different and unique and not the classic cookie cutter superhero thing, but they weren't quite sure how to do that. So there was a lot of missteps, like those highs and lows we talked about. It wasn't as mature as I want. I think they were just kind of figuring it out. Mm -hmm. So I like that they did something new. It was, it's not perfect, but it's something new. Good for them. Like, yeah. Rambling. <laughs> but um, there, was some, there was a specific scene that I really, really liked, and I'm trying to remember it. Go ahead, Kelton. Maybe I'll remember. Yeah. Um, to say what my favorites are, I... 
I really would... There's a lot, but I'm just going to go with one that maybe not a lot of people noticed. I Just to, to put it out there, I love this movie, every part about it. I could probably do 20 different favorite scenes, but the one I'm going to stick with right now is happy and how he is is like a head security <laughs> that, yeah, was that was so freaking so good <laughs> he keeps putting badge badge, hey, badge. Hey, hey, hey i sent an email badge he said memo i know even it's like the, do you have a little four security killers it's like <laughs> join your four by me or just stuff like that <laughs> or even at the beginning like the very beginning scene where the plant blows up and like happy runs in and tackles tony <laughs> like, it's it was so just, funny i thought happy Nailed it for he this did. movie. John Favreau, every every single part, like <laughs> this movie was incredible. Any time he was in the scene, yeah, he he did a great job, and he he just gives off that vibe of being like over obsessive about like security, but it shows that like, he cares. And just the way he goes about doing his job, I think is so funny. And just uh, I I love every moment with him in this. You know, oh. he's he's down to get dirty and just like fight people, but. Just the methods he does it. I just love the whole badge thing. Everywhere, just badge. Hey, guys, badge, badge. Like, like, don't tap. He's like, <laughs> badge. It's so his whole thing with, like, technology, he can't figure it out. <laughs> Here, Dude. check this out. He's like, is this the forehead of security? This is the forehead security. It's so funny. Uh. He's like, check this out. <laughs> what? He's like, what? You, flip, you flip the screen on the screen. Flip the screen. Flip the screen. He's like yelling in the lobby that he does not oh, flip the yeah. screen. So I, I'd say that's one of my many favorite scenes or parts of this movie. So. I'd say my favorite, one of my favorite scenes was um, this. It's when Tony Stark he's talking to the kid at first and. It's just everything he says back to him is just downright hilarious. Just anything that any conversation that he has with the kid. Now, what the kid responds back, I don't necessarily necessarily like this kid because he's just super annoying because he's like this twelve year old or something like that. But like, I love the scene where he's like, "Are you gonna leave me? Like, are you gonna leave me? How you how my dad left me?" He's like, "Yeah." He's like, "Wait, are you are you guilt tripping me?" He's like, "I'm cold." He's like, "I know. No, I know why." Because we're connected. <laughs> I think that showed connected. I can't remember if it was my two cents or my recommendation. But, like, I just love how Tony is with kids. It's so freaking funny. Like, he's real. He's, like, straight up with them. But he's not afraid to just, like... Roast them. Roast them. <laughs> it's so funny. I love that, so... So I remember my other, like, specific favorite scene. It's the one where he's, like, strapped to the bed thing. And the two guys... He's, like, talking to the two guys. <laughs> and he's, like... Three, two, one, now! And it, like his suit doesn't show up. That's just hilarious. But then when his suit does show up and he has like one hand and one foot and then the gun in his hand, oh. that seems just so, like it's cool to see him like learn how to fight without his whole suit. But just that whole scenario, all up until the point where he like points his hand and the gun at the gun, he's like, I didn't like working here anyway. They're weirdos. <laughs> <laughs> that, it's just so funny. Yeah, that was and like seeing fun. him like fly in the air and like spin around in a crazy circle, like firing an Uzi is just <laughs> hilarious. Or the point where he's like, they're hot like him and Rose are hiding. He's like, okay, how many how many are there? And he like looks over and he's like, these how many do you have? And it's too fast. <laughs> too fast. Or like Rody's all serious because like he's trained in the military and he's like walking down with his gun and Tony's just walking. He's like, You got your gun up? And he just like holds it up <laughs> to the side. Like, what the heck are you gonna do with that, dude? And I love that because it shows like is even though Tony is like a superhero and everything, he wouldn't know training or how to be 
combat with just like a gun and everything. No. So like, that whole like minute scene was so much fun to watch. Yeah, just Tony totally was like, what was that? Like, no. a, hit a bull from that far away and goes up, boom, hits it. So I just I love those like just banter back and forth. And my other my other favorite is when he finds out that Trevor is just an idiot as an actor. Like, watch the face, don't hit the face. I'm an actor. It's like. <laughs> Okay, you have woman. Right. You have woman to live. Fill it with words. It's like, uh, it's just like. <laughs> so it's complicated. It's, it's com- hey, hey, it's complicated. It's complicated. <laughs> like, later, he's like, so I have this problem with drugs, and he's like, what? Did you tell you give them off? He's like, no, they give me more. <laughs> it's like, did you tell me anything? Nope, I didn't told nothing. You should have. You should have pressed the panic button. I panicked, and then I handled it. <laughs> So I'll talk about this now because the next section doesn't apply. I know that a lot of people don't like this film specifically because of the Mandarin twist and how it was like a total fake out. And like, I was too young to know anything about this at the time or just naive, who knows, both. But like, I I realized that a lot of people really wanted the Mandarin to be like that propaganda terrorist, like for it to be more than propaganda, for him to be like a legit terrorist. Because it would have been really timely, and it would have been cool to see Marvel make like a film that was kind of serious and kind of timely, and then they just turned it into a joke. But I think, but I don't have a problem with that. I, I don't remember that, and I think the joke's hilarious. I think I love the character of Trevor Slabber, Slattery. Ben Kingsley does it great. That was good, like casting. Oh yeah, he's hilarious, and I know also know a lot of people had it because of like the comics that the Mandarin is one of Tony Stark's like biggest enemies, like his arch enemy, if you want to call him that. And he, this Mandarin, if you want to call him, that is nothing like him. Um, but there's a, uh, f- there's a, what what did they call him, a one cut? There's a Marvel one cut where they like fix that. I, I don't remember what. Oh, it's. I've seen it. It's so funny. I don't. It's super funny. It's all, it's just, it's just straight Trevor. Yeah, it's hilarious. It's, and we won't spoil it, but it's fun. It's a, go look it up. Just look up like the, the Mandarin Marvel one cut. It's hilarious. It's on YouTube. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, but I love the twist. I think Trevor Slattery's hilarious. And I think it was pretty cool to see, like, have Aldred Killian be, like, a villain who's, like, a master genius that has a plan and he under and he has, understands that he made a mistake and, like, he can turn it and twist it to his advantage and it just makes him that much more threatening. Yeah, but... I still gotta say, the Mandarin before the twist, holy oh, cow. Man, dude. That, well, that, that would have been a scary villain. Yeah, and I and part of it was, like, it seemed, like, super, like, violent and intense in some parts, but the whole thing, I can't get over the scene... When the president has to call him so he won't shoot the accountant on live TV. Oh, yeah. And so the president, like, I have to. And so he calls, and the manager's just staring like, at the TV, and he hears the ringing. It's just ringing, ringing. And then he doesn't even say anything. He just still shoots the accountant. Like, holy cow. I thought of, like, the Joker from The Dark Knight. Yeah. yeah. And just the whole thing. Is, it's all about sending a message. Like, holy cow. So, yeah, so- I, props, that was a great, like, build up to the villain and so i thought it made it super intense and it made you someone like you were scared of him like this guy's all powerful we have no idea where he is and he's just killing people and like holy cow so so i think that's why a lot of people had a problem with the twist because it was like you have this really mature and timely like that would have been really appropriate for the things we were experiencing in the world at the time and like then they just turned it into a joke yeah but like he is intense and it's a hilarious joke Mm -hmm. because well i panicked and then i handled it (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah it's All right. Awesome. Any other likes or leasts that we wanted to talk about? No. All right. That builds us into our last and favorite part, which is the falling. Where we each kind of talk about maybe personal or themed things that we noticed in the movie and we talk about it. 
relate to it. So, anyone want to start us off? But I'll, I'll start off. Uh, one thing I really thought was really interesting was it's. I forgot that Tony Stark narrates this movie, and it shows that he's admitting that he has faults, that he messes up. Because in the very beginning, in the first movie, Iron first Iron Man, he doesn't really admit to he doesn't really admit to mistakes, and that's that movie shows how his turnaround that oh my gosh, what I'm doing is not right. And so he's having all these changes in his life and he wants to make things different. He wants to make all these changes. In this movie, it, you get to see him narrate kind of in past tense that this is, you know, I went through just a, one, a man once said, well, how, how did it go? It was like, we, we create our own demons. And so it shows that he went through these struggles and that he's admitting it. And, th- and you can see, in his work you see it in his past and in his relationship with pepper that it's he has to admit his faults and and i think that's what elevated tony stark from tony stark to iron man to this superhero is that he's admitting his faults yeah i agree i think this is a, a film where tony really has to like grow up like and stop being the billion dollar playboy philanthropist mm-hmm. like he has to recognize that he's made some mistakes and that he has to be bigger than just Tony Stark which I think is really really but I think he has to get like super vulnerable to get there mm-hmm. especially just like you we mentioned this a little bit earlier with like the anxiety and and pepper and like needing to protect her but I was just going to talk about, like, I don't have PTSD. I don't want to, like, even get, like, pretend that I know what that's like. But, uh, like, I think everybody to some degree has experienced anxiety in their life. And I think, at least for me personally, this film does do a pretty good job at portraying what it's like to have anxiety. Like, especially that one scene where he's, like, drawn on the crayon with the crayon. The kid's like, how did you get out of the wormhole? And he, like, freaks out. Like, that whole scene, like, I'm like, whoa, like, that is what it feels like when I have anxiety. And I think it was cool to give a hero... Such like, I don't want to call the flaw because it's not, but like such a crippling experience, for lack of a better word. Aspect or character. Whatever the correct word is for that. But it's it's very crippling and it can be. And I think it's, I think it was very. Or just showing the power of anxiety that it's, It's no, it's a real thing. And that it can happen to anybody because before that Tony Stark was pretty confident in himself and, and what he did. And after that huge major thing, you, and you could see throughout the Battle of New York that a lot of things are really overwhelming for Tony Stark. And he's like, I'm seeing it, not believing it. And so you, you can see the aftermath in this movie of how he's able to deal with New York, that New York wasn't just a superhero battle and we can move on from it. That was a huge thing. And throughout the MCU, like that pivot, that New York fight was like pivotal. Oh, yeah. You think about it. And, like, I don't think that's something that we'll ever be able to truly understand. Like, yeah, we can watch a movie, but, like, I mean, granted, this probably is never going to happen in real life. But, like, imagine that you are a superhero. You've got this team of five people that are all, like, one turns into a freaking green monster and the other one's from a god from space. And all of a sudden you have this army from another dimension come through this portal in the sky and you got to throw a nuke up at it. Like, whoa, like, that's some heavy stuff. Like, I don't think we'll ever be able to understand what it would be like to experience that. And then, like... Well, that's over. I guess I got to move on and mm-hmm. have like a normal life with my wife again. That'd just be so. So I think it does a really good job. It's also saying like, hey, there's things that happen in people's lives that cause these emotional or mental 
challenges that are incredibly crippling and like we all have to come to terms with those demons that yes we create our own demons but i also think there's other things that give us demons that we have to yeah and i think i really like this movie because it shows i feel i could relate to tony stark a lot because i feel tony stark you know we know he's a mechanic but he likes to deal with things that he can control he likes to be the one behind the scenes um playing on his terms i guess where he if there's a problem that he could fix it you know um so when he he goes through something like right after that scene where he's right signing that kid's thing you know i think that was really cool it says like aaron help me you know like just the the kind of a mental and emotional state you get in when you have like an attack like that but the first thing he does he runs into his suit and he's like all right what is it jarvis the heart the brain like what is it and he's like i think you just had he's like yeah, he's like, okay, what's the problem? Let's pinpoint it and like get rid of it, you know, fix it. And he, Jarvis is like, I think you just had your first major like anxiety attack. And he's like, me? Like, I have an anxiety attack? Like, how could that happen to me, you know? Yeah. And I feel like that's very relatable how when people find out they have a certain um, stumbling block or weakness, it's like, me, why? Like, I'm me, you know, why would that happen to me? And so as we see, see Tony try and deal with and his ways of coping with that i think is really cool and you know we see later on when the kid when tony has the panic attack in his car and he gets out and the kid's like well why don't you just build something you know and it it may not take away the problem but it definitely helps and it makes me think in my life like when i have like when i'm going through like a stressful moment like what do i try and do um to help me cope with that and for me it's like i love listening to music and reading up on like sports or anything with sports like it helps me but i think it was really cool and very relatable to tony is as we see someone who wants to be able to control everything and fix everything confront a problem that he can't just fix and that you sometimes we're, we have problems like that in our lives where it freaking sucks we hate it we don't want it but it's there and it's not like we could just sit and mope about it but we got to act and be able to figure out how to move on with our lives and that may sound like harsh but find whatever way is healthy to be able to deal or at least cope with your problems and continue on you know yeah i love that and I, I, it reminds me of this quote that i love from the actor bill Hader, who has i believe it's anxiety and he was sharing his experience like overcoming anxiety and i loved what he said this isn't word for word but some along the lines of he said it's it's not something that gets better like you you never get it doesn't get better or Something like it, it does it you doesn't fit. It, you yeah. can't cure it, it doesn't get better, but it's something that you get better at handling. And I think that also showed like Tony at the end, like his natural instinctual response was to like build things and build a bunch of suits that would could protect him and protect his wife if they're married. Um, I don't think they're, um, they're, they they're but no. let's say Pepper. No. They're not, because no. I remember he proposes later. But yeah. um so um yeah, to protect those he cares about and like that's not something that we can do. There's not a solution. There's not something to fix. We just have to get better at handling it. And I and I think Tony says at the end, like it it wasn't a hobby. It, it wasn't something, but it was just like a distraction. And I think that like we're pretty good at distracting ourselves, but like that's not really how we we solve it. We have to get truly better at handling it. Yeah, I think I can. I really relate to that point where like Kelton really hit home on. Is that everybody has, I really feel everybody has a moment in their life where they feel invincible. Now, they understand they have, they have limits. They understand that I can't do this, I can't do that. But it's the point where 
everything that you have control over, you feel like you've, you've got it down. Mm-hmm. Like you get it. Like for me, I, in July, I dislocated my shoulder. I've never had this traumatic kind of traumatic injury before. And it really kind of put a lot of well, tie downs. And I, and I, right. And so I had, I tore some muscles in my shoulder. I had to get surgery to repair it. And so ever since July, which is, you know, pushing on six months now where I've had to realize that, look, I can't really be as physically active as I can. And so it's kind of an, it's an eye opener where I'm not invincible. Stuff can happen. And I think everybody has that moment where they do feel invincible and then something does happen. And it's a moment that they really, they remember for the rest of their life or quite a while, or it pushes them to the point where they become somebody greater. And this movie is a great, great example of that. And I think everyone needs to know that there, there's going to come a time. It may not be dramatic. It may just be something subtle, but some sort of event where it hits you personally or hits you at home to have you rethink and re just a try a, ch- a challenge to adapt to see if you can handle it. I feel like everybody's going to have that moment in their life, honestly. And, you know, people who have had that moment, I feel like this might be a moment for me with my shoulder and this major injury. There might be another one later on, later on, later in the year or later in my life as we, as we see with Tony and throughout this whole, his whole story arc. But, I really feel like everybody is going to feel, everybody will feel invincible at a time, but everybody will be challenged as if life is asking him, do you really feel invincible? How are you, you going to handle it? Yeah, that's well said. There's at the very end, he, he says something like, I didn't write down word for word, but he says like, you start something exciting and then you start to, and then come the mistakes and the compromises. And he was kind of hinting at that, like those mistakes and those compromises are what gives you or what, causes you to create your own demons say that again that quote so you get ex- you you start something exciting but then comes the mistakes and the compromises and i think that like i completely agree like i think there's a moment where we all feel invincible to a certain extent and i think we can feel invincible in different ways like there's one point in my life where i felt invincible physically and then there was another point in my life where i felt invincible like mentally and emotionally and there's different challenges that come with each of them and i think you get so excited about this newfound invincibility you start to compromise and you start to make mistakes and not necessarily in every situation, but then something happens and it's life changing. There's this demon that you've got to deal with all of a sudden. Um, and you realize that maybe you're not so invincible and that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Well, so I agree with that. The other thing that I, this isn't a super big fall on, just kind of like a slight one. I didn't know where to put it is like, I remember seeing this movie in theaters and like one seeing Iron Man blow up all his suits and then get the, like the shrapnel taken out of his chest. And I was like, what? Like, okay, I guess Iron Man's done. Like, his story's kind of over. Arc reactor's gone out of his chest. The shrapnel's gone out of his chest. All his suits are gone. Um, and like, we all know that obviously that is not the case. And so I've never watched the Marvel movies like in order, if that makes sense. So I'm excited to see like, like I know how his story continues, but I don't know how it continues from this point. Like, what we, we're at this point, and I know that there's a, a story that continues later, but I don't know how we get from this point to that story later. Yeah. And I'm excited to see how that happens in the movies we're about to watch, especially having to do with what we just talked about. So it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting for sure. I, I agree with what you said earlier, Kellen. I think like Iron Man is is he goes through a lot. I think his arc is he has the most 
frequent difficulties that he has, has to overcome. I think his arc is the biggest in the MCU. I agree. It's his story. The Infinity Saga is him. Yeah. It's his arc all the way through. And there's he definitely other, the you know, there's far. those, it's like it's one big book, you know, and, and the, the different movies are different chapters. And of course, there's different characters who all get their own arc, but there's that main character who has the biggest arc and the biggest emotions and the biggest weight. And I think that that's Iron Man and Tony Stark. What to say, brother? So, I like it. Yeah, any, any other fallen things? No, I... Like all right movie. let's wrap it up then thanks for listening again guys to the podcast download it all like we said back to kickstart download the episodes yes help us please. follow us on social media instagram twitter all that stuff all the above thanks for listening what it do baby ciao ciao at home dogs Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.